So we are live. Um, unfortunately, BJ is not in the chat right now. Um, Ryan is off doing his fun, fancy, living his fancy life. Um, and I don't know where Hunter is. He doesn't like us. But we have Gabby here um, from the Intersect Group, one of our good friends. And she is an awesome, awesome recruiter. And we've had the pleasure of working with her for... I don't know, two years now, almost three years, probably something like that. And, um, and of course, since Ryan's here, we don't have the bumps. So we're just going to get started. So Gabby, I have a bunch of questions for you. Yes. Um, we have all kinds of fun questions for you. Actually, the first one is, and, and I guess let's, let's talk about recruitment, right? So first off, what the heck do recruiters do? Just like period. What's, Step one, what's a recruiter? Um, well, I like to always tell candidates, a recruiter in a nutshell, we are glorified dot connectors. We're going to help you connect the dots from you to the client. Um, so pretty much without you having to go through the job boards, looking for jobs, um, trying to make your resume look perfect, knowing how to sell yourself to a company, we do that for you. We're going to tell you what jobs are open. We're going to keep that all tracked for you. We're going to help coordinate, schedule everything. And it really just kind of helps offload a lot of that search efforts off of the candidates and onto us recruiters. Um, then we're kind of like your middleman buffer, your best friend. Um, we get to hear things from both sides and say things of both sides. Um, so that's kind of really a key role we play is just kind of the middleman. I gotcha. That makes sense. So <clears throat> I, guess, I guess the question is like, so let's just say I'm, I'm a developer, right? Let's pretend for a minute. I'm a software developer and I need a job. Why the heck? Why why can't I just go out on my own and find a job? Yeah. Or can I and and what what's the difference, I guess, between mm -hmm. doing that and using a recruiter? Um, so a lot of pros and cons to both. Uh, so as a developer, you can definitely go out there, you know, look for a new job. Um, you're gonna do a lot of time, you know, searching for new jobs, applying to new jobs. Uh, one of the the cons of doing that yourself, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time. You may not have that time if you're working full time. And when you get home, you may not want to kind of deal with all that. And a lot of times, a lot of the scheduling and coordination does go through business hours. So it does help to have a recruiter in place to kind of do that for you. Um, one of the other things that is a drawback is when you apply to a job directly, you could be one of a thousand people applying to that same job. Uh, so now you just become another number in a queue. Uh, on an application list that eventually someone in HR talent acquisition is going to get to. Um, now, sometimes these companies, they have a preference to use companies like ours, recruiters, to help offload a lot of the mm -hmm. HR work too. So I always tell my candidates, hey, if you reach out to me directly first about a company you're interested in, and I'm already actively working with them, I could put your resume straight in front of the manager, bypass HR and talent acquisition and get you right to the person who's going to make that decision as opposed to being one of a thousand just sitting there that may never get reviewed. Um, so that's one of the biggest benefits to using a recruiter from my perspective. Um, 
I answer that correctly all the way through? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, whatever <laughs> like answers you have are. Yeah. <laughs> are I mean, I could talk, I could talk answers, hours right? and hours about everything. Um, but well, yeah, I mean, because I have hours and hours worth oh, of questions good. for you. Good, good. I mean, you know, definitely using recruiter. Um, actually, I use a recruiter when I look for my recruiting job. So that's, that's kind of to put that into that's context. Fair. And I actually used my recruiter. I, I relied on her to send me all the jobs. Um, you know, I wasn't, I was new to the Atlanta area, so I didn't know the companies, who to pursue, who had good reputations um, from a, a logistics, you know, just, I didn't understand Atlanta traffic. Uh, so a recruiter, I mean, it definitely helps. Like if you if you give me your zip code and you say, Gabby, keep me 10 miles in my radius. I mean, that's what a recruiter can do. I'm going to develop all the little jobs that are within your 10 mile radius. Um, but yeah, my recruiter did everything from telling me about the company, what they are, like what they do, the people they know in the organization. Um, and by using a recruiter, especially when it has a developed relationship with the company, you're going to get so much more information from your recruiter than you are from just simply going to a website. Um, you know, with a lot of my clients, I can always tell them, hey, you got to go to this. You got to talk to this candidate. They're so great. And they trust me. And I go to my candidate. You got to talk to this company because they're so great. And I know them and I've been there. Um, and you can't get that through applying on a website. Like a lot more value is added than that. Okay. And that's that's kind of an awesome place to start here, which is so you're a person, you're you go out, you want to get a job. You use a recruiter because you know now uh, at, at this stage that a recruiter is not gonna just kind of take all your money. That's mm -hmm. not the point. The point of the recruiter is to get you in front of the right people at the right time, essentially, right? Yep. So so now you know this. And now you say, all right, well, I'm going to go use a recruiter, right? And that's 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 my new plan. My new plan is to go out, get a job, and I'm going to use a recruiter to get that job because they're going to help me out. They're going to help me big time. So now we're in a room with a, with a recruiter. I'm in a room. I'm a software developer in a room with a recruiter, and I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah, I'd really like a job in X, Y, Z, right? That's cool. You're going to handle that part. What can I do as a developer to like just destroy, just really, really put the screws to uh, to an interview, like to an interviewer or to the interview process in general? Like, how can I just kill it and then come out of there looking like a rock star? Oh, definitely. Um, so there's there's a lot of things um, as a candidate you can do. Let's say when you're interviewing with the company and a hiring manager, um, first and foremost, you know, do your research, know, know, know what you're interviewing for. So you want to know the job. You want to go through that job description. You want to read it line by line by line. And then also what you want to do is look at your work history. So if they got 10 bullet points that they want someone to do on a daily basis, what you want to do is look at those 10 bullet points on your resume and be ready to talk about, Hey, I've done these 10 things here, these 10 things here. So really spending time with the job description first and really understanding what they actually want from someone's experience and not simply saying, hey, I was a .NET developer at this company. Give it some meat. Give it some context. Talk about, you know, the different types of applications, what's running on the front end, what's running on the back end. You want to paint a big picture. It's kind of like, you know, paint me a picture of my house and you put one side to the house. It doesn't look like a house. You got to paint the full house. Um, so you want to start with the job description, really digging through that. Uh, do your research on the company. 
where most candidates fall flat on their face. And I can't tell you how many times I've been told this by hiring managers. Um, they knew nothing about our company. Um, and I was, you know, I'm always taken back a little bit because I like to prep my candidates about, you know, you know, quick little synopsis of who they are, what they do. Um, but the more time you go onto a website, you check out their, who they are, where they come from, um, their story, their products, their services, maybe understand some of their major competitors. Um, so one that can help you on the phone call when they say, do you have any questions about us or our company? You always want to ask something about the company. You always want to ask something about the job. You want to make it very thoughtful. You want to express to them that you have more than interest in getting a job because you need to get paid. You want that job. You want this company. And you got to pretty much articulate to them why without research, it's not going to help. Um, also researching the hiring manager. If you have a recruiter that gives you a LinkedIn account for the hiring manager, you want to go through it. You want to be able to understand their background. You can gauge up their technical expertise and how technical they might get on an interview. Um, and then also, too, you can find commonality. Like if you went to the same college or you follow the same user groups, you can tie something in with them. And when you build that immediate report with the manager, it's not just, oh, this guy can do the code. I like this guy. Like I want to go out and, you know, grab pizza with him after work or something. Um, you know, definitely want to find that common bond with them. Um, and I always tell people, you know, after you do all that research, you want to prepare very thoughtful questions. You know, not questions like how to explain this um, in a nice way. Um, you know, something that's not focused on money, not focused on you and things you want and you need. Things focused on what's the long-term plan. I know you guys have a major initiative going on. You know, where do you see this going in the next two to three years? Or, you know, um, I understand this is your background. How easy was it for you to, as a hiring manager, you know, jump into this position and grow in the organization? So a lot of different questions you can ask. Um, one of the big things I always tell folks to do, two-way listening. So as the interviewer is talking to you saying, hey, this is something really cool about our company, make a mental note about it, regurgitate it a little bit later, say you brought up this, and then give a, a very thoughtful follow-up question with it. It shows that you're paying attention and listening to the interviewer during it. Um, trying to think, there's so much more I can keep telling you. We can, if you really want me to start. Well, so, so let's, <laughs> let's throw a quick synopsis on this, right? Like, uh, so the idea is get in there, right? Kind of, uh, I don't know a nice way to say this, but kind of get your claws in a little bit yeah. and kind of be, be the person that they want you to be to an extent. Don't be fake, but just get in there, be a nice person, be someone that they want to hang mm -hmm. out with, right? Yes, definitely um, show your personality. That's one of my yeah. prepping points. You want to show your personality. Um, and I know most folks are nervous, but it's so key to be yourself. Show your personality, show that you're approachable because you're going to be in a team environment most likely. You want to show to them that, you know, I'm a team player, I'm friendly, I'm not just going to be someone in the corner wanting to do my work and go home every day. You know, you want to be a contributor to the overall, like, company and the environment and the team. Yeah, and coming from a person who's worked with Gabby in the past, when I see someone who looks more like a lone wolf developer, um, <laughs> I, I, I probably <laughs> said it to you before, I probably was like, yeah, I mean, this guy's a little, you know. They're the ones you know, I always apologize for. <laughs> he probably wants to work in a closet, you mm -hmm. know. No offense to lone wolf developers. You guys do a lot of good work. And, mm -hmm. I mean, just 
something about being on a team yeah. you guys don't like, which is fine. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's not for everybody. But, you know, you got to be mindful for, you know, developers out there. Paired programming is becoming a huge thing. Um, and you, it. you know, <laughs> and working in small little scrum teams, um, if you can't socialize, um, you know, even at like the surface level throughout an interview, you know, you're going to have a really hard time proving to the company further down the road that, hey, I have no problem communicating to my teammates, tell them what I'm working on, what I'm doing. Um, and having that, you know, collaboration occur organically. Um, yeah. So you definitely need to be able to do that in the interview, show to them and demonstrate, you know, your ability to be human, be approachable, um, definitely have your personality. Um, have organic conversations. Yes. Not like, not yeah. like, bro hello. You yeah. Know, like robot conversations. Yeah. And you never want to force them. Right. So like, yeah. you know, if you notice that they went to the same college as you did, you know, you want to almost somehow have that conversation come up organically. Then, Hey, I checked out your LinkedIn and stalked you and it went to the same school. <laughs> I mean, you could still say that. Cause I mean, like I would get a chuckle out of it. I actually tell people that all the time. Like I was stalking on your LinkedIn, oh, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun, humorous ways to bring some of these things up too. Um, makes you just, you know, more approachable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, they're gonna read your resume and you've probably got education on your resume and they'll see your school and mm -hmm. then they'll bring it up and say, oh, well, I went to so-and-so. Yep. So it'll come up organically uh, in that way. So next question, this is another one that I threw on the list, um, mostly out of curiosity, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but right now um, in Atlanta, at least, uh, for the Intersect Group, what are some of the hottest platforms and or languages um, mm. that companies are asking for when <laughs> when they're requesting developers? Um, so one of the biggest trends, we'll, we'll start with last year, one of the, the newer trends, um, obviously AWS platform, anything on a cloud platform. That's the trend. Um, scalability is a keyword for that. Uh, but with AWS, there's so many resources out there for developers. I'm telling all of you out there. There are so many resources out there for you to go and learn this platform on your own and to start playing in it and working in it. So the availability of free training or even some small paid for training is so such an abundance that it's easier for developers to pick up AWS, which now has driven this trend to go that route because there's a lot more AWS folks than there is, let's say, Azure. Um, then you go with Microsoft, right? You got the Azure option too. That's another trend coming up. Um, a lot of companies now, I would call them, they're a little bit slower. So the first cloud migrations that we're seeing all started on the AWS platform. Now Microsoft and Azure, they're getting there and a lot of companies are slowly adopting that. Uh, Google Cloud, not so much, uh, but that's definitely a hot trend. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, UI front-end development is the new thing. Uh, just like a lot of companies, they're happy with their back-end engines. The applications are running. They're doing the logic that needs to be done. But really appealing to users, the usability, the user experience, the design, that's really where a lot of companies are starting to focus. And we see it coming off the back end of last year into this year. Um, they just want facelifts and everything. They, they don't want to reinvent the wheel. They don't want to recreate their application, but they want to make it easier for folks to use. And adaptation and you know conforming to new tools is key. A lot of companies do go through this process of, hey, you know, we, we got this new tool. No one knows how to use it or wants to use it. So then companies want to go out and hire developers to make it easier to use, prettier to use. Um, so everything from 
you know, JavaScript, modern JavaScript library languages. That's really the new hot thing that's out there. Um, you know, React, Angular 2 plus, sorry, Angular JS, you kind of got <laughs> agitated. <laughs> Europe. Um, there was a there was a brief moment for something called Aurelia. If some of you have heard about that JavaScript library, it was supposed to be a reasonable solution to the pros and cons of React and Angular together. So if you know what Aurelia is, that's definitely something to check out. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now a lot of the stuff I'm seeing is um, you know you're looking at JavaScript, Node.js, AWS. That's um, really been like the hot trend. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's good because I'm in that space. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, if, if everyone wants to know if you need some direction or somewhere to go, um, Node.js, AWS, definitely go that route. Salesforce, we're always going to be good Salesforce developers. Um, that's huge um, just because so many companies are buying this application, the CRM. It's, it's so easy to use. It's great to use. And it does a lot of cool stuff, especially, you know, with companies like Map Anything, making it a lot more functional for their needs. Um, so those are two of those really big, 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 big uh, trends gotcha. right now. Yeah. Yeah, because Salesforce developers, even though it seems like there are uh, a million of good, good Salesforce developers are not uh, yeah. dime a dozen. Yeah. They're, they're hard to find. Yeah. And it's not even just, hey, I developed on this platform. I did a couple, we like to call it the clicky, clicky, clicky guys. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for more than that. So, you know, if you have great JavaScript and you like application development on things like Salesforce, put those together. Um, as I mentioned, you're going to have a lot of these UI focused um, projects and issues companies are going to go through. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome. So quick summary on that one. Node.js, AWS, so you want to be looking for cloud stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, cloud's big. There's a lot of good, and just a uh, quick aside on that. Um, Ooh, uh, great that. Cloud Guru is, is a great uh, resource. And what's the other one? Coursera is another good resource. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's Udemy and then Gacity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for the all good resources, mm -hmm. and they all they all have um, very similar, if not the same. Some of them have the same courses across yeah. uh, all the platforms. But yeah, mm -hmm. really, really good resources. Um, that's what I use to get um, my certifications across the board. GCP, yeah. AWS. Uh, I don't have anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Support for Microsoft yet, but well, maybe. Well, I would say one thing that's actually really interesting, and unfortunately, I wish I could have said this when the sale was on. So I think it was Coursera. I enrolled for my AWS Solutions Architect certification course. Nice. Um, typically, you know, it, it's averaging between one hundred ninety nine to two ninety nine. If you guys pay attention to their sales, I actually enrolled in my class for thirty bucks. Yeah. To say that's that sounds about right. That's impossible. I mean, it's cheap. It's so cheap. Uh, that's ridiculously yeah. cheap, especially yeah. when you think about the amount of money yes. that that can bring you as far mm -hmm. as income. Yeah. Uh, just having that cert, it's yeah. a it's a very very good deal. Oh yeah, <laughs> very good deal. And and one last thing, I and on a technology I forgot to mention. It's it's actually something that's taken me by surprise. Python. Python's coming back, everybody. It is making its re-entry into the market um, as a BI language. Um, so not just scripting and that. automation. Um, I haven't been able to do my own research on it yet, 
But um, if you guys check out Python and all the new things they've done with that, that core language, when it comes to BI and data analytics, it's becoming the theme to have now. Um, if you want to go into that, you know, side of things, so data and analytics, big data, yeah. Big data, data science, exactly. BI, like that whole analytics mm -hmm. portion of, uh, of programming, which is where a lot of people like to mm -hmm. go because uh, by and large, it's, that's back-end stuff. And if you like back-end stuff uh, and you're, you prefer that to front-end stuff, mm -hmm. that's probably where you want to be or one of the places that you want to be. So I got a couple, I got a million more questions for you. Um, but we'll just, we'll go to the, the more them all. ones. Let's see. The longer this takes, the less yeah, time I end at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could be the way you do. You can take this and just send this to yeah. everyone and be like, look, these are the questions that people ask me. Like, if you have these <laughs> questions too, boom, yeah. boom, 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 video, yeah. video, video. <laughs> Um, all right, so next one is, what should you do if you're working with a recruiter and then you find a job on your own? Oh, oh. so we love to get you guys jobs. That's all we wanna know. Um, so if you're working with a recruiter, um, I, always, I always encourage the people I work with, keep me informed. If you're working on jobs through me, through other companies or individually, all I ask is you just tell me what's going on. Um, it never hurts for me to send your resume to a company today, knowing that you've had three interviews last week. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. When you're open and honest and transparent from the beginning to the end, um, there's nothing wrong with accepting a job offer if it came from another company or if you got another offer from another vendor that competes with me, um, I'm okay with it. Um, obviously, you know, if there's three offers on a table and one's mine, I might push for my offer first, but, um, you know, and I, and I, you know, we, we tell candidates all the time, Hey, look, you know, uh, here's actually a great incident or situation. I had a gentleman interviewing on the direct hire team for me. He was also finished his interviews on our, with our contract team for another job. And internally he was waiting for an answer from another company that he had applied on his own. So we had two offers in hand, but we knew, he was really headstrong on this other offer coming through that actually never ended up coming through two months later. But we kept delaying and delaying as long as we could for our clients because we knew that was what he wanted. Even though our company was going to lose completely on it, we're okay with it because we knew from the, the very beginning that's where his heart lied. That was his number one job. And he was truly motivated for, for that. So by him being open and honest with us, we were actually able to go right back to our clients and say, hey, look, He's going to decline your offer. You already knew because we already told you because he told us. Gotcha. So that's the key. If you tell us ahead of time, it's so much easier to have these conversations, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know why. And I, I'm just I keep talking. But when I was younger, <laughs> I was always worried about telling people the truth. Like if I tell them I'm talking to three other companies besides them, maybe they're not going to like me that much. And then I realized actually it's the opposite. You know, the more open and honest you are up front with people, um, the easier it is to kind of get past these small little bumps in the road as opposed to the big ones down the road that, you know, eventually are always going to happen. So um, just keep your recruiter informed and just, you know, if they and if they have a problem with it, get a new recruiter. Yeah. So transparency, <laughs> honesty, <laughs> yes. those are the key mm -hmm. keys to uh, kind of working with a recruiter and and just staying on stay on the level basically mm -hmm. i think that kind of rolls into a couple of the other questions too but 
Um, Should you be honest with your recruiter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so there. Yeah, that's way down on the list. But, yeah. but, like, I guess not. Should you? But, but how honest? On a, and I'm going to tell you, as your recruiter, I am that one person that if you're going to tell anybody everything to, I'm the one you want to tell. Because trust me, um, so as that recruiter that doesn't work directly for the client or the company you might go work for, um, nor am I your mom or someone in your family, I'm not going to tell your secrets to anybody. So, you know, I tell my candidates all the time, hey, and I hate to always bring this up because this is this is a reality of the job market. You know, if you're going to fail your drug test, if you're going to fail your background check, and you know it's going to happen or you're not sure if you're going to maybe something happened 10 years ago maybe this won't pull on a background check or not if you can disclose it to your recruiter ahead of time it's going to save a lot of embarrassment for you down the road case in point let's say you can't pass your drug test you say gabby i can't pass my drug test i say that's fine i will notify my client you are declining their job offer I'm not going to let you go take that drug test and fail. I want to save your face. I want to save my client the cost and the hassle of doing that and give you that opportunity that maybe down the road you can pass one. You have that opportunity still there. Same thing with your background checks. You know, I had someone who goes, Gabby, hey, look, this happened like eight years ago. They explained to me the full story. And I said, you know what? I don't know if that's going to pop up. I don't know if it's going to be an issue. But what I was able to do is go to the company and to HR and just disclose to them per my candidate's permission, hey, before this becomes an issue down the road, this happened eight years ago. Here are the full details of what happened. And then they were like, yo, that's not a big deal at all. We only checked for seven years. So <laughs> before you work yourself up, get sick to your stomach, going through knots, um, just remember that, you know, we're here for the candidates. If anyone else is going to help you out of these situations, we're the ones who are going to help you. Um, you know, something as simple as, hey, I, I can't take this job because my girlfriend won't let me. She doesn't want me to work at this office. Hey, tell me. I don't mind. I'll get you out of it somehow with the client. Um, so we're, we're, we're here to be your friends. We're here to help you. And the more honest you are with us and fully transparent, I mean, that makes everything so much easier down the road and you won't have these unwanted stomach aches that you don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> so yeah, those are terrible. So you're just, you're just my pal. You're my buddy yes. yep. who's trying to help me get a job and mm -hmm. you're going to eventually make a little bit of money off of me making this, getting this job, but you're not taking that money out of my pocket. Um, because so that's there, how you make money. How do so, you make yeah, I was to say. So, I mean, all companies are a little different. So, um, let's say internal recruiters. Let's say I recruit for a company that I hire for directly at my company. I'm always compensated on a salary basis. So, no matter how many people I hire throughout the whole year, I have a flat salary. That's that. Um, you'll have uh, incidences where you have recruiters like my, me from a staffing agency where we're compensated by our clients for the services we provide. Now, our clients will tell us, hey, Gabby, I can hire someone for this much money a year. And your type of services are actually a special column in the accounting department that's wrote up to our HR budget. And this is how we're compensated. So from a direct hire perspective, majority of companies will have flat percentage fees that are based off of annual salaries. Um, and these rates are all negotiated on the outside. These are flat numbers. So 
no matter how, like how much you're getting paid for your salary, um, it's none of that money will ever come out of what you're paying on your salary. Um, so case in point, if I have, let's say this is a the wrong number, but a 10% fee, if you're making a hundred thousand a year, I have a 10% fee. That means my company gets $10,000 for our services to help you out. But if I can get you 200,000, now that 10% became 20 grand. So you see the more money I can get you, the more money we actually get. So it's in direct proportion. So that's always a good thing. Now, when it comes to contractors, it's a little different um, with the compensation levels because obviously you're paid a set hourly price and a company like mine bills you for a set hourly price. Um, and that's where a lot of times candidates get this stigma where it's like, oh, if, if I don't get this much, then you're just taking it out of that. Not always true. Um, you have different types of companies in different levels of ethics that are involved. Um, you know, some companies say, hey, if you're only making this much an hour, here's our modest markup because we got to cover expenses with you at our payroll. And then here's what we charge your client. Sometimes it's the reverse. The client says, hey, I want you to pay this person X amount and I'm going to let you bill us this amount. So sometimes those rates are controlled by our clients completely out of our hands. Sometimes we get the top rate and then we work it backwards. And sometimes we take your rate as a candidate and we work it up and we always try to be as fair as possible. Um, I know because I right now I'm doing direct hire, but in a contract role. I worked with a company for six and a half years doing government contract recruiting where everything was a competitive bid. So I didn't want to mark you up too much because if I put too much overhead on there, um, we automatically lost. So we're all just doing work for no reason, dragging candidates through a process for no reason. So we always had a very modest markup um, just to make sure that we're leveraging that competitive advantage. Um, but we never thankfully had an issue with our rates being too high because we were always very modest about things back then. But um, just kind of a little breakdown on how recruiters or how companies like I mean, mine are paid. Yeah. You got to make money somewhere, right? Because yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't yeah. exist, right? That oh, yeah. Sudden, oh, we got no jobs. Um, all right. So that's that's good. I, I like I like the fact that you're not stealing my money. That's very nice. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're we're, we're taking a fixed you. budget out of HR's pocket. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, um, these companies actually have this money probably to hire a full time employee that they just haven't gotten around to doing it. So after a couple, well, yeah, after a couple placements yeah. with us, they realize, okay, we just bought a full time employee. <laughs> but um, that's pretty much where our budget comes from is from the uh, other HR personnel that they're not hiring and they use our services instead. So let's say you are uh, one of those crazy recruiters on LinkedIn that just started their own company. And they're like, <laughs> oh man, I got to <laughs> bomb everybody's. I got, I got LinkedIn premium or whatever the heck it's called now. I'm just going to explode people's LinkedIn uh, messages with with jobs that I'm not even sure if they want or could take, but I see they're they do programming somewhere. Yeah. It says on their little list of talents, programming. So yeah. I just throw I'm just a fire hose of jobs and I'm just spewing these jobs at them. How do you um how do you tell one of those recruiters in a nice way that you're not really interested in talking? Well the one thing I love about LinkedIn quick responses uh, they made it so easy. If, if it's LinkedIn, they yeah. made it so easy um, because 
you could just say, hey, not interested or not looking now, let's keep in touch. There's nothing wrong with those quick responses. You don't have to draft an elegant message back. Like, you know, you don't have to say much. Um, your time matters, my time matters. And, you know, as a recruiter, if you're just going to reject me anyways, I mean, I'm okay with a quick message. I, I always told people, I'm like, if you're going to dump me, dump me with a text message. I'm okay with it. You know, <laughs> let's, let's break it off quick and uh, quickly. <laughs> um, but, fair. you know, I mean, and, and definitely want to encourage folks, like, there's nothing wrong with responding back, you know, putting together a message saying, hey, I'm not currently looking, but I would love to spend some time talking with you get my name in your database, get my resume in there. Like, cause if you know you're going to be in the job market three to six months on the road, you know, what you want to do is at least build a connection with that recruiter saying, Hey, I'm not looking today, but I did some research on your company and intersect group's pretty awesome. Get some great clients. You're a big growing organization. You're definitely a company. I would like to reach out to in the future. Let me go ahead and send you my resume, put in your database and then maybe schedule a time in three, six months out for us to chat. Um, you're totally okay to do that. I do that all the time because uh, LinkedIn's a very passive platform. Yeah. Um, so if I'm reaching out to you on LinkedIn, I know 75% of the time you're not looking for a job unless you've indicated looking for a new job. Um, and even then, <clears throat> it could just been left on from something else. But um, I think I you know, my <laughs> <left> on. yeah. <laughs> but the best thing is, is as a, a candidate, as a developer, you really can pick and choose what recruiters you want to use from which industries and, you know, which ones that you have the most synergy with, or you just mesh well with it. You know, if, if you like, like I said, like going on like a hiring manager's profile, if there's something that you really like about someone's background or the college they went to, you know, you definitely want to make contact with that recruiter. Um, you can date, we like to call it dating. You can date 20 of us recruiters at once because we all have different clients. So having a bunch of us, you know, around is always a benefit to you. Um, mm -hmm. I always tell folks, hey, put together a spreadsheet. And when you, you know, have like favorite recruiters, just put us in there. And when you look for a new job, shoot out that distribution in this email, get in contact with all of us. But um, you know, and then also, you know, you don't have to say anything either. I mean, if you don't want to reply, you don't have to. Um I, I'm just <laughs> I being honest. Nice like, to reply though, right? You know what? Uh, as I tell folks, I'm like, I always tell I used to my my LinkedIn messages, my first pitch was can you please just reply back? No, thanks. Give me the thumbs down because I still got my credit back. Oh. <laughs> and this is one I was sharing. So if people don't understand, like um, when we send you messages on LinkedIn, um, depending on how big our company is, what kind of licensing we have. Um, if I send you a message and you do a no response, um, that takes away a credit, which is fine. Um, but if you respond back even saying no, thanks, I get my credit back. So that's fair. That's nice. Yeah. That's I mean, so like, you know, if you go through your inbox, you're kind of like not looking, but you just said, no, thanks, no, thanks, no, thanks, no, thanks. You know, hey, you're at least giving that recruiter a credit back. And you're also indicating that recruiter that you're not looking to. Yeah. So you don't get 20 messages from them back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. So we've got some questions in the live chat. So oh, Salesforce Stu, um, avid Salesforce. Uh, evangelist is actually asking, he says, uh, since Salesforce is constantly changing and mm -hmm. candidates uh, skills keep changing, how do you keep up to speed on changes in the ecosystem uh, essentially to make the best matches for them? For our clients? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, our company, what we personally do, um, and you know, you've been witness to this, whenever we have a new job, we like to sit and drill down 
what their client, what it is they're exactly looking for. Um, so finding out about changes. So we had a Salesforce developer last year. We have a new one this year. You know, one thing we'll do is we'll revisit with the hiring manager, asking them, you know, what specifically are you looking for this time around? Has anything changed from last time? So as we're qualifying the job, we're understanding if there has been any changes. Um, traditionally, um, from what I've seen of Salesforce developer roles, um, I've unfortunately I've seen a lot of these clicky clicky ones. We're not saying it's pretty basic, but um, you know you can usually tell when someone gets certain certifications, they have a certain aptitude to do the development work. Mm -hmm. Now companies like Map anything, obviously, um, you can't just be clicky clicky. You have to have all the relevant skills, um, and that's where I see a lot of changing in requirements and technology on that side just really depend on the different types of language that they're using to build out um, the different features and applications that they're going to put on the app exchange. Um, but from the Salesforce platform, usually the managers can tell me everything that they need uh, verbatim. And we just requalify jobs every single time to make sure that we're looking for the right skills and not old skills or outdated technologies. Um, I don't know if I answered his question. No, so yeah. I feel I like mean, a that's... politician sometimes. <laughs> No, that's that's good. That's good. Um, so basically, what you're saying is you're constantly staying on top of the client, uh, mm. essentially whatever whoever your client is, yeah. map anything or you know whoever whoever it may be, yeah. you're staying on top of their requirements. And as that may change over time, mm. you're going back and asking them, "Hey, yeah. is this still who you're looking for?" Because yeah. you know, yeah. I got some people. Yeah, we requalify jobs every single time, even if it's the same position in the same company. We walk them through everything um, just because technology changes so fast. Yeah. And, um, you know, one thing that worked right last time may not work right this time, even if nothing else changed. And you mentioned earlier, here's, here's uh, one of your things. I'm going to throw back to what you said earlier. Two-way skills. <laughs> Boom, two-way skills. Yeah, I got them. Um, you said that you hadn't researched something just yet or what was it it was like it was like angular Python. C plus or something um so you're constantly researching stuff mm -hmm. is that true yes so as a recruiter you know when you start you're kind of a blank slate mm -hmm. um and I, I always try to tell candidates and developers to think of it so we don't just recruit one technology stack we recruit every technology stack and development, and then everything in IT. So um, we try to keep up as best as possible. I personally like to read articles before I go to bed um, about different wow. changes on different platforms, technology, um, because really what, what we're doing is we're providing a service to our customers um, as well as to the candidates, the developers who are looking for jobs, um, whether, you know, not just developers, but we can do everything from network, infrastructure side, uh, functional roles. Um, so we really have to stay on top of things. Now we can't get too deep dive technical on it, um, even though I enjoy getting a little bit more, you know, in the weeds, we'll call it, with the technology than most people in recruitment. But um, we really have to know our stuff. Like, you know, and if we don't, we look like idiots on the phone with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we've got another question from Jared Taylor. Um, are you ever asked to describe a company's culture uh, from your potential candidates? So has a candidate ever said, hey, tell me about such and such as culture? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so being on the direct hire side of things, it's a little bit different, right? Company culture, um, motivation, and long-term matching um, is the biggest indicator. So when I talk to candidates, I like to um, really dive into what motivates them, like what really motivates them, and then trying to figure out what kind of work environment is going to help keep them motivated and keep them at that point. And then from there, trying to match them with the companies I know that actually live and breathe that environment, not just put company culture on their, on their website. Um, so, I mean, like, and that's one of the benefits about having a recruiter. I go in and I like map anything. I sit with these guys all day long. I know everything about the guys working there, the environment, the people. Um, this isn't the stuff you see on the website. This is the stuff where if you're there and you see it on a day to day, you have, you understand. Um, I'll talk yeah. to candidates. You guys, I can tell that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, we, like I tell candidates, I'm like, Hey, like, I understand you know, you, you, you're saying you don't mind working in a startup environment, but you're telling me that your large organization lacks structure. Well, that pretty much tells me you're not going to work well in a certain type of startup environment because there is not saying there is no structure, but structure is a little bit looser. And as it's maturing as an organization. Um, so definitely talking about company culture is huge, but not just talking about what's on the website. We actually like you said, we go on site. We get to know people. We see what's going on in the environment, and that's what we like to relate to our candidates. Like the behind the scenes, this is what's really, you know, going on over there. Um, because we don't want to put you into a job where you're not going to be happy or successful. We don't want to hide it or lie from you because it does nobody good in the long run. So we're just going to be as open as possible. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell people, hey, look, this is really not the right place for you. I'm not going to disclose exactly why, but trust me, as your recruiter understanding the type of environment that you want to be in and what motivates you and the type of people you want to work around. I mean, I'll tell my candidates not for you. Trust me. <laughs> um, won't That's tell true. you why, but yeah. at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes we don't want to disclose, you know, we don't want to air all the dirty laundry about, you know, certain things, but you know, there's, there's definitely, that's one of those big benefits of having a recruiter because um, they definitely do understand like the real company culture. And uh, that's actually a great, you know, interview question to your recruiter when you're determining what recruiters you want to use, um, asking them, have you been to your client's office? Like, have you physically been there? Have you met with people? You know, what are these people like? You know, um, those are the type of questions where you can really find out if um, a vendor or staffing agency is actually going out to meet their clients and take the time to make sure that it's definitely a two-way fit for candidates and companies. Yeah, doing that due diligence. Yes. We got one more. Um from the live chat, Blair Cole wants to know, um, is uh, LinkedIn your primary means to find candidates? And as far as not getting charged, does that apply to thanks not available this time, let's connect? That that quick uh, So message. to answer that question first, anything at that very bottom. So replying back and saying, no thanks. Uh, replying back, any of those quick replies that counts as a response even if your response is no i don't want to talk to you um so that's that what it does it gives us one of our what we call an in-mail credit back to us so my old company i only was allowed to send out 100 in-mails a month but mm -hmm. as long as i got my credits kicked back i could send as many as i wanted to um and then also if you're a first degree connection it's all free because whether you send the message on the recruiter side or the social side, you already have the connection made. Yeah. Um, 
So that's just kind of addressing that part of the question. And my poor listening skills, what was the first part of the question? No, you're fine, you're fine. So um, is, are, are LinkedIn questions essentially, uh, is, is it your first, is, is LinkedIn your first go oh, primary yes. means to find candidates essentially, um, popping people on LinkedIn? So every recruiter has different resources available. Um, I'm fortunate, I have my own LinkedIn Recruiter Pro account, so I'm actually able to, well, we have a cap, but it's a pretty large cap. We can't even go past it if we tried. Um, but LinkedIn, I think, is one of the best places to go just because you can find the passive candidates. Um, these are the folks that, you know, from a client's perspective, they're not actively looking, they're not job hopping, they're more stable. And these are the people that are good at their jobs who are currently working where we're pulling from there. So clients like that. Me personally, I always get my hand slapped. I like job boards. I am a job boards person. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm too anxious. Um, so if I have a new job and I, I, I want to call people and talk about it because I'm so excited about this job and my, the client that I'm working for, I'm going to go straight to my job board. You know, whether it's dice.com, indeed.com, careerbirder.com. There's a thing called monster.com. <laughs> no one knows oh, who they oh, are. Oh, <laughs> Monster.com, if everyone forgot about that platform. Um, but those are like your four key job boards. Um, if you're going to post your resume anywhere, I would say just get on a post to all four. Um, but if you're only going into one place, um, Indeed.com is actually an aggregator platform. So if you don't want to spend time searching all these job boards or posting everywhere, Indeed actually pulls everything from all the other sites. So if you post to Dice, they'll source you through Indeed somehow. If you look for a job on Indeed, these jobs are coming from all the different platforms too. Um, so if you're gonna pick one to go to and use, I would definitely say Indeed.com, but um, but LinkedIn is most recruiters go to. Um, I am just, I, I, I like the hunt, I hate to say it, like I like to go through the job boards. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And for, social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently Monster was bought by Randstad. Yep. Which is why I, I don't think a lot of us like to use it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A long time ago, way back in the day when I was just doing like normal IT, not programming uh, side of IT, like just fixing computers and stuff. I was on Monster and uh, man, it's probably been... 10 years mm. since I've checked that profile. I don't even know what email it's linked to yeah. anymore. I don't know. Well, I, they're actually, so what's interesting. No offense, Monster. I, I was going to say, Monster, I love you. Um, when I used to work with Caterpillar a long time ago um, on the engineering side, electrical mechanical, you guys were the first thing I went to. So, like, you know, each platform kind of has a different flavor. Um, you know, dice.com, that's your IT platform. So gotcha. developers, you want to be on Dice um, because sometimes, honestly, I just go to Dice. I go to nothing else. I've been using it for eight years, um, and that's you know I always have to remind myself, oh, there's other platforms out there, you know. And um, Career Builder is a great one too. Um, but even if you don't post a Career Builder, um, it has this really great power for search engines. Now it sources your social media sites. So if you have a LinkedIn, uh, we're gonna find you that way. So um, there's a lot of really cool fair. things that all are doing yeah i mean if you're gonna if, as a candidate you always 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 want a linkedin account i always tell folks because um 
all those other platforms can pull from there and they're going to find you there. And there's a lot of really cool added like add-on tools for LinkedIn to actually, as creepy as it sounds, if you have a LinkedIn, I'm going to find all your other social media too. <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. I think it's probably pretty easy from that yes. point. All right. And so I'll last question. <laughs> oh boy. Please don't hack it. We had that. Oh, I'll find you. <laughs> you remember that one. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so we went over, but I got one more question for you because I mm -hmm. think this is an important one. Um, and then I'll let you go cause I've taken up a ton of your time. Um, what are some of the things that you look for? Um, essentially you, you have, you have an idea in your head, right? Of a potential developer. I have 300 jobs that I'm, you know, trying to assign to different people and I have, for, for each one, you probably have an ideal developer, right? Um, but just in a generic kind of sense, what are some things that you look for in potential developers before you actually reach out on Dice or mm -hmm. on LinkedIn or on Career Builder? Yeah. Um, so one thing everyone needs to understand as a candidate, when we look for you, this is a keyword search. And if you don't have the keywords that I need to find in your resume or your profile, I'm not going to find you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as a recruiter, you have to understand there's some of us who've been doing it for eight years, like myself. Um, but there's some who've only been doing it maybe one or two years. Some of them that don't piece together everything, they don't understand that this is a front end specific language. This is the back end specific. You know, these are the different platforms and they're going to keyword search every little thing. Now your resume might imply it. Um, your resume might have acronyms. Um, so I always encourage people, I tell them, hey, take your long version of your resume. I don't care what your college professor told you. I don't care what some professional resume writer told you. <laughs> Give me your long version, post it out there. And if you have MVC listed, also put model view controller because you're gonna have recruiters that may not be experienced enough who aren't gonna be looking for that. Um, so, you know, helping us find you in the easiest way I tell folks, that that's the first thing. We're gonna run a keyword search. Um, and if I'm looking for a front-end developer, great, I might just use Angular or something on the front-end when I search you. But if I'm looking for a full-stack developer, I'm looking for everything, you know? So you wanna make sure that you definitely have all the information listed relevant skills in your resume. Don't just plug keywords in to have keywords on there, but you know, definitely making sure you, you, you watch your acronyms, you spell things out. Um, and then also to not just a technology summary box up top, you know, like, yeah, I use these 20 tools up here. I want to see them in your resume. So as I'm going through resumes and I, let's say pull a hundred of you and, um, Every one of you have JavaScript listed, you know, on your technology space, but only 10 of you talk about what you specifically did with JavaScript at each company. Well, I can tell right off the bat, you 10 have used it the right way. Why am I going to call these other 90? These 10 just made it that much easier for me. Um, so making sure you definitely hate to say it, dumb it down for us, but you definitely want to make sure that you're not just saying, you know, full stack developer working on web applications. Well, tell me a little bit more about these web applications. Tell me a little bit about the different frameworks you're working with, the different languages, the different versions of the languages. Um, tell me about the different types of things you developed on these platforms. Tell me about how you got the requirements. You know, 
uh, giving as much detail as possible. And I understand that your resume might be 10 pages long, but we can always chop that down and condense it when we send it to the client. You know, this is just a better way for us to identify you. That help? Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Okay, I don't know if so, I answered that. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to throw this out there, that's usually what I tell people. So if I have a developer that's coming asking me, hey, man, I, I have no idea how to get a job. How do I do a resume? What do I put on my resume, this or that? I always tell them, whatever things that you're going to put in your keywords, like up top or on the side or wherever the heck you choose to put, like your, your general, like this is who I am piece with your buzzword search. So, oh, yeah, JavaScript developer, 14 years, blah, blah, blah whatever, whatever you put in there, make sure that somewhere on that resume, there's a link back to that that says, hey, this is where I did that. You yeah. know, like uh, like essentially a proof of, of where yeah. where that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I, and also, too, just to kind of that even reminded me. So like just so just as a case example um, for you guys, I have been building out complex Boolean strands. So pretty much. We use our Boolean operators when we search for you. And um, every platform uses different Boolean operators. So like ands, ors, little special asterisks, do trail endings on words. Um, but just as an example, um, pro engineering, <laughs> pro e, uh, that was, that's you know a design tool that they use in engineering. Mm -hmm. um, there is over, I figured out over a hundred different variations that I have seen that spelt abbreviated hyphen dash shortened elongated on different resumes so just keep it in mind you oh, know yeah. they're you know so like salesforce someone will do salesforce with a space with a dash with a dot com with no dot com with uh -oh. the sf.com don't do I salesforce mean, with a space so or dash i'm You'll just saying like you know like there's <laughs> but you know a lot of a lot of folks have to understand that you know the easier you make it for us to find you, the easier it is. Because um, some recruiters don't have enough experience to realize I have to put 10 different variations to make sure I get all the candidates, you know. Um, so definitely LinkedIn is a great way to fix it because on the skills box, at the very bottom, you can pick Salesforce and it's a pre-populated selected item. So we can't mess it up when we're searching for it. <laughs> um, so I always like to tell people like, you know, LinkedIn, build out your skills at the very bottom because all I got to do is go pop and select things and it's going to figure out, you know, exactly what it is I need as opposed to me figuring out how everyone abbreviates everything. <laughs> yeah. And which is, I mean, that's, that's hard too, because I, I understand and anyone who's ever done a Google search for anything very specific will understand that very same thing. Mm -hmm. You want what you want. You want to get the, the data out of your search. Yep. But when, the data is all kinds of muddied with different dashes, different spellings. You're, you're not going to find exactly what you're looking for. So it's going to be hard and you're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to sift through different things and like, oh, maybe I should put a dash yeah. here. No, yeah. maybe I should put a dash over here. Maybe this is a space between these things. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of wild spellings. Oh, you got to spell it with a K instead of a C or yep. whatever the heck, right? <laughs> But yeah, so. <laughs> and then there's people who just can't that. spell in general, they misspell the word completely. Oh, <laughs> they might be good at the technology, but they might be terrible spellers. Yeah. Uh, Salesforce Stu <laughs> is yelling in here. Not not really yelling, he's just talking oh. in caps. He said, no spaces in Salesforce. And he also I said, know. no dashes in Salesforce. And we know this, but yeah. uh, to everyone, dear everyone out there yeah. who's a Salesforce developer and or admin that's putting their resume together, 
just just spell it right. Just spell it the way that they go to salesforce.com and look at the way they spell it on the website. Done. Easy. Maybe I think the easier thing would be uh, we teach the recruiters what this little cool thing called an asterisk is. Yeah. (laughs) People, uh, there's some heavy use for the asterisk uh, out there in in all walks of life for everything, any kind of search. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, Gabby. Well, it was super awesome having you. Sorry you. we kept you so long. Oh, Thank no. you to Intersect Group for lending you to and us. The office space, uh, yeah. <laughs> and your office space, yeah. Yes. Thank them for having you yes. uh, work there because you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, System.debug loves you. <laughs> loves having you around. Um, I also want to share my yeah. my my. I call it my ten step prep for ten, interview okay, prepping. Let's do that. Let's do so, that. I'm going to share it with you. You can sh- disseminate it out to your followers. Um, I just need to kind of, you know, omit a couple things off of it. But um, <laughs> it's it, this is just so you guys all know, this is what I share with a lot of candidates. Um, it's a lot of very useful information. Um, and it'll definitely help you get ready for any interview you're about to go into. Yeah. All right. Let's 10 step prep it. How do we do this? Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, we started getting into, you know, re- do your research. So you want to review the company. Mm-hmm. Review the job description, and then you want to review that manager's LinkedIn profile. Uh, four is preparing thoughtful questions about the job and the company. Um, five, and this is I always tell folks if you can do this. So five is kind of like a happy. Um, have your resume and the job description in front of yourself as you're going through the interview process on the phone, because a lot of times people forget when they start asking you questions. If you've done this over here and you start talking about this company, you might forget everything you've done. So it's always okay. good to have the job description and the resume because some managers might be like, hey, tell me about what you did at this company. Well, Fair. you see here in the job, they want you to talk about 10 points. Well, let's talk about these 10 points about this for this company. So, um, so it, it just matches, right? So it's just gotcha. a good visual to have in front of you. Um, number six, and this is one of the most important questions or important things I can always tell folks. Um, when you're interviewing, you're answering questions and they ask mm-hmm. you, what did you do? Tell them what you did. <laughs> you are interviewing for yourself and not for a team. Mm-hmm. A lot of times folks will be like, well, my team did this. It's well, that's fine. You can start by, Hey, my team does this. We work on these types of projects, but I specifically do this. Yeah. What you so you, did. yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I, this is a one time where, you can mention your team, but you want to talk about I because in your interview, you're the one who's interviewing. You're only getting yourself a job. Definitely sell yourself. Um, but a lot of people do forget to talk about what I did, even though you are talking about what you did. You keep yeah. saying your team and you know that's all they hear. Gotcha. Um, seven, concise answers. Not like myself. Do not answer questions <laughs> the way I do. Um, I always tell folks, be ready to give um, a full answer to the question. Um, a lot of hiring managers do a five second pause. So they'll ask you a question, you'll give them an answer, and then they purposely pause for five seconds to see if you'll continue rambling or give up more information. Uh, one thing I like to do with my candidates to combat this tactic managers like to use, uh, give an answer, specific, concise, and then ask them, would you like me to elaborate? Or did I f- answer this question? So that way you're not going and going and going down a route that maybe you don't want to go, but at the opportunity you're keeping the door open and keep answering more questions. Um, show your personality. We talked about that. Um, especially on direct hire jobs. 
Um, this is as much as a personality based interview as it is a technical interview. They yeah. want to make sure this is like a long-term marriage. Mm -hmm. um, retire jobs, you're marrying someone, contracts, you're just dating them. So there's a little bit more commitment. So they definitely want to learn more about your personality. Um, and then um, why you're looking for a new job. This is going to come up. Why are you looking for your new job? What motivates you? And um, I always tell folks, if you haven't done it, try it. Um, Mintzberg's theory on motivation. Um, there's hygiene factors, which these aren't true motivators in a job. This is what makes you not want to jump out the window. Yeah. Then there's true motivating factors. So, you know, money is a hygiene factor. You know, you can get paid good money and still show up to work every day, but not be motivated. Yes. Liking what you do, liking the company culture and the people there, liking the collaborative environment, those are things that motivate people. So definitely when they ask why you're looking, focusing on what motivates you. What makes you want to get out of bed and go to that job every day? And I hate to say it, money is not psychologically an example, <laughs> but it is. Um, and then my last thing I always tell folks, don't be afraid to say, no, I have not done it. Or no, I have no experience with this. Um, there's nothing wrong with telling them I've never done something. I don't know something. Be honest with the interviewers. Um, because if you say, hey, I've done this, and then you get there and you get the job and you can't, guess what? You're out. You're out. So, yep. you know, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I've never done this, but hey, I read something about this. I'm pretty excited about learning new technologies, you know, just spinning it into a positive mm -hmm. turnaround. So those are my 10 step preps. The 10 step. That's ten the Gabby. The Gabby 10 step prep. The Gabby 10 step prep. Yes. Uh, available on Amazon.com. Yes, for free download. <laughs> free download PDF. I'm kidding. I don't know where it's available. We'll put it. Uh, We'll, we'll, get get a, we'll get a document. We'll link it yeah. down there somewhere. We'll put it on our website so you guys can all get that, have access to that, all that good stuff. Gabby, again, thank you so much for being on. Um, sorry the whole crew wasn't here. That's okay. We had, some, we had some hiccups, you know. I didn't have BJ here, so I can make okay. fun of him a little bit. I'll, I'll um, harass Hunter tomorrow. Oh, dude, definitely harass Hunter tomorrow. He's I don't know where he's at. <laughs> I was going to say he's, he's off. So well, I was gonna say I never know where he's at, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay. So that's it for us from System.debug. Um, if you like this interview, you know, throw some thumbs ups on there. Um, throw us some comments, maybe some questions. If you have any questions for Gabby, we know Gabby. Yes. So. <laughs> and if you need ask a recruiter, us, Gabby. Yeah, if you need a recruiter, her name is Gabby Little. She works at The Intersect Group. Uh, mm -hmm. There is also a link down below to The Intersect Group. Where's my finger? Boop, 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 right there. Uh, TheIntersectGroup.com, right? Yep. And that's it for this week. I don't have the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do thing. So that was <laughs> all that you get for that. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.